Hello and welcome to the Transfix Take On. I'm your host, Jenny Ruiz, and today I'm joined by Matt Fain, an incredible innovator who has taken on the warehousing space and turned it into one of the fastest growing space matching solutions with his company, Pop Capacity, which by the way, he is also CEO of. Matt, I'm so excited to get into today's conversation. Welcome to the show. Hi, hi, hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, walk me through your industry experience, because I know that you have deep roots in logistics, and I'd love for our audience to really understand what areas of trucking you've touched throughout your career. Yeah, yeah. So I cut my teeth in the the truckload brokerage side. So I was a managed transportation uh, franchise for another 3PL agency here uh, in the U.S. Um, From there, I went and started an asset-based trucking company. Um, Not your 53-foot dry vans or reefers. I was doing box trucks and sprinter vans. But we're offering a true guaranteed service, right? Coming from the brokerage days, nothing's guaranteed, right? You can pay that premium, but there's always that little bit of chance that it might not show up. We wanted to eliminate that chance. And when you paid a premium for a premium service, you got the expectations. And if that meant we use team drivers to drive from Phoenix to Atlanta in two days, then that's what we did. Um, It was a guaranteed service. They paid a premium for it. Therefore, we had to produce. Um, And my life on the road is kind of what led me to pop capacity. Um, we had a request one day for warehousing space, and there was not a natural native way to find it. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about that because it's a very unconventional genesis to a company, and I, of what you can share, I'd love I'd love to expand on on what that origin story is. So we worked with a very large um, social media giant that recently re- rebranded. Um, at the time, they were constructing a lot of data centers for the growth in the digital world and this cloud. The cloud and every other to us is fictitious. It is actually right. brick and mortar for someone else. Um, <laughs> so we we were doing time critical freight hauling for them. Um, the need and the ask came for warehouse space uh, in Gallatin, Tennessee, which is right north of Nashville. Um, when they came to me originally and asked Matt will you go out and find us warehouse space? I immediately told them to go to Google. I immediately told them that was your trucking provider, right? One thing that I've learned in my career is like kind of stay in your lane. Right. Um, if you are really good at drive-in reefers or, or dry vans for food ingredients or food products, stay in that niche, right? There's a lot of business there. You own that market. You own that niche. Yeah. So I immediately told them no. One of the largest companies in the world <laughs> said no to um being a small business entrepreneur i quickly looked at my pocketbook and was like eh, maybe i should try to figure out how to help them and monetize on it so we did so i took the google and i went down that road hmm. um google is a wonderful tool right we use it every single day um however it's become a very ad driven tool right who pays a premium for that ad space or those keywords are the results you're going to get um so I started running into those barriers, started making these dozens of phone calls, talking to different warehouses all across the in the Tennessee market just to find out that they didn't have space. They didn't have what I needed. Um, and it was a really, really long road mm. in that. I think it was two weeks, eight days, something like that to find an actual warehouse that could do those services. I booked an Airbnb in that time, took my family down to the Panhandle of Florida, three bedroom, two bath, fenced in yard pool. My dog could come. Yeah. It was that like moment where I was, I was booking. I was like, this is really easy. I had full visibility into the property. I was able to filter down to the exact needs. It's something way sexier than stinking warehousing. Let's just call it for what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was able to find it quickly, easily, and in a digital way. 
um, it seemed natural. So it was like that epiphany moment was like, we have to start something. So we started our journey on finding all the amazing 3PO warehouses in the country, typical and non-typical, yeah. um, and started getting them into one platform that people can search and seek for just like you would for a house, just like you would for a cheeseburger for, for dinner tonight. Whatever you would do, we, we interact in this marketplace style world, right? Mm -hmm. You guys come from the freight side, you know, marketplace yeah. is not something new in the freight world. They are uh, not. But the way that has changed and evolved freight management, it's revolutionary. It's, it's, it's the way that things should be in, in this day and time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and also what was wild to me was that this started in March 2020. For those of you who are living under a rock, that was the height of COVID-19. What was that like? What was going through your mind and and starting this journey in the middle of this weird, uncertain time? Like, talk to me about that. It was weird. It was not timely of us to do it, right? If I were to tell anybody, yeah. hey, I decided to start a, a company during the beginning of a pandemic, they'd think I'm crazy. Still mm -hmm. think I'm crazy. <laughs> Beautiful thing about what we did was we, when everybody was locked down and couldn't go anywhere, we allowed mm -hmm. the supply chain to keep moving our digital virtual touring. Now that social media giant did not have to fly from California to Nashville, Tennessee. They weren't allowed to, right? They weren't going to, but yet they needed to stand up a node in their system and they needed to have confidence in finding that, right? Mm -hmm. so we were able to find it. We were able to share the virtual tours and give the full profile, if you would, of what this facility is capable of. And you don't have to get on a plane and flight to, to, to come in agreements with this 3PL. Right. Uh, that's a, that's when we realized that this digital procurement can happen just like it does in trucking. You can do it in warehousing. You don't have to have a middleman per se. Yeah. Um, it was a really cool journey. It was scary to tell you I thought it was 100% going to work. I mean, I always in my core know that this is going to be the next big procurement tool. Mm. Uh, but there was some doubt for sure. Yeah. But, you know, we've learned a lot during that like i tell the team all the time if we're able to overcome a pandemic a financial banking collapse specifically in supply chain logistics yeah now in a kind of this silent recession becoming not so silent anymore i think we can weather just about any storm so we're, we're built for the long term here that, that's that fact you really are i mean you know as a ceo walk me through that process of of um you know identifying that there were a lot of challenges and still walking your team through that level of uncertainty because i think it's it's quite different from what i think most of us have experienced in our careers right now so what was that like for you as a leader it's identifying the right people identifying yeah. and, and allowing yourself to know what you're looking for in that person it's yeah. not your type a sales guy who goes out and crushes it in sales right it's a guy that is a very, very good salesperson, but is also resourceful and also knows that as we move along the journey, you may have to change, you may have to adapt, you may have to evolve. Yeah. Some really high caliber salespeople need, hey, give me the tools, give me the process, and I'll go and make it happen. Mm -hmm. We're still building the process. We're still developing and improving on the tools. So finding a person who is in it for the long haul and understand that we're a bootstrap startup, yeah. right? We don't have endless mounds of money to go into. We don't have the the capital go out and hire a hundred people right um nor would i want to if we were a uh non-bootstrapped company right mm -hmm. i feel like identifying the right people is kind of like building a team of any sort a football team a soccer team like each individual person has to own their role yeah. like one of our core values is in like 
own own your responsibilities like own what you're doing you know um when that baton gets passed to you know that this race doesn't end unless you get that baton back to the person in the relay we can't finish without you but knowing that that accountability you're responsible for something and that's not everybody um so it's really building the team and letting everybody know that we're doing this for more than just making money I could start another truckload brokerage. I could start another trucking company. I could have employed the same people and we'd have made a lot more money. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. It didn't make anything better. What we're doing is improving a broken process or a, pro a lack thereof. Yeah. Um, and that's what drives us. It's the passion for change. It's not the passion for profit. Um, and I think when we identified that each of our team members, like, look, we're doing this for something bigger than just a paycheck. When we all exit this industry and, and however we exit, everybody's going to know that we were the pioneers of digital procurement and logistics right yeah um absolutely. so we're excited about it but it, it did take a lot of convincing it did take a lot of uh just understanding what makes people tick hmm. this money sometimes yeah. it's something bigger and i think we found the people that are focused on something bigger and you have a small team right it, I, I saw you post a picture the other day on uh for thanksgiving in fact and I think maybe there's seven people, if I recall yep. correctly, right? Yep. And talk to me. I mean, and you've expanded quite a bit from, you know, from March 2020. Now, you know, there are hundreds of thousands, if I'm not mistaken, right, of, of facilities and warehouses that are in Pop Capacity's platform. What does that look like when you have a team of seven? Really busy. Yeah. Um, before the team of seven right when i say we were the founding team it was like three or four heads like we all did a little bit of everything yeah. now that we're big enough we all own our roles right mm -hmm. we all have a task we all have a responsibility and we own that responsibility um it's hard right we don't have a full 30 person division for development but we've got two and a half really amazing best in class developers right um so it's challenging, but it also gives us that agility, right? So we're not stuck into a process that if we got to move this whole team, it has to move the process because it's one customer. If it makes sense, it makes sense. And we're small enough to pivot really quickly versus trying to move the whole boat at one time. Yeah, the other day you mentioned this concept of slow and steady. And I have to say, you don't necessarily hear that often in logistics. It's all about, like you just said, doing things quickly and fast. And that's not always the best way to do it. Explain this concept of slow and steady for the logistics space so that you can get others sort of in that mindset, especially when it comes to the C-suite level, the VP level, and so forth. Because I think that there is um, not as great of a, an adoption to that methodology as as maybe the industry could benefit from i mean being bootstrapped we we're kind of forced to the slow and steady yeah. right i mean even when i started this though i knew that going into it we weren't ever going to be the heavily vc backed 200 person two-year-old tech startup to be honest i didn't know what i would do with, with that many people mm -hmm. right we take things on in like sprints Right. And so as sprints get bigger, we need to add more people, but our sprints are still fairly small mm -hmm. um, and really concentrated on a certain specific solution. Yeah. We're not going out and all of a sudden offering integrations. We're not going out and starting building a TMS or a WMS. Our core is marketplace. Our core is building out the amount of partners and people in that marketplace and offering visibility into each and every one of them. And you'll see us go through this 
evolution, if you would, of kind of breaking outside of this just Airbnb warehouse space to offering and, and offering visibility to people to know all the cool things that live under this hood of a marketplace. There's trucks, okay. there's trailers, there's drop yards, there's SAP integrations, there's TMS, WMS integrations. Um, that's our main focal point right now. And you mentioned growth, like the growth has been mainly organic. And mm -hmm. I feel like it's because we're actually doing something with a purpose. There's an intention behind it. And I feel like people can sense that what we're trying to build is bigger than just like a paycheck, right? It, yeah. It's literally trying to do something that no one's else tried to tackle. Um, and I feel like that's offered us some tremendous growth because people feel the passion behind what we're doing. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned warehousing is not a sexy space, but I think that pop capacity has turned it into as sexy as it can be, right? <laughs> yeah, like JT said, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bringing it back. Yeah. Um, and it, look, I said that it is super cool. It's changing, right? It's not it just is. big boxes with racks in it. There's automation, there's robotics, there's all sorts of cool things. And that's why this V3, the platform coming out, I was like, we're going to expose all the cool stuff, mm. right? We're, we're going to let everybody know if you need some robots in three different markets, well, here's your smart warehouses. If you need mm -hmm. key integrations in 18 different markets using sap here's the players that have those markets pre-built yeah all that lives in our marketplace now we just yeah. have to ask a question so it's connecting those dots and using the data which is a huge thing right now we have a mounds of data right yeah. and i think we're coming out and we've had enough time to kind of stabilize and really understand the data mm -hmm. to make some really good concrete decisions what we did in the pandemic was very reactive it was who had the trucks who had the space I'll pay for what I can. Right. Now it's like, okay, well, we had too many trucks and too much space. Let's retract, but let's do it in a very data-driven, smart, intelligent way. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to do this all over again. Right. We're built, uh, we we built a resilient supply chain. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, there, you know, you mentioned all of these sort of specific niche wants that a supplier may need for their warehousing space and so forth. And walk me through what it's like to vet a warehousing space on your uh, on your that will live on your platform and what that's like, what you look for, et cetera. So we were able to with the virtual touring, it cleans up a lot. Like anybody can come and build a free profile in our marketplace. I don't care if you're a, an old Kmart that turned into a fulfillment center or you're a very traditional national 3PL. It didn't matter. We mm. We write about you, you build a profile, and then we give you the visibility to say, okay, if you're a fulfillment center, show me your fulfillment center. I need to see pick pack stations. I need to see infrastructure built for fulfillment center. I've been right. in thousands of warehouses, right? Um, my team and I have been in thousands of warehouses. And there's been countless times that someone says, we're a high volume fulfillment center. We can move 20,000 packages a day. And I walk in and it's an eight foot banquet table and a way station. It's like, there's no way you're processing that much volume. Just yeah. like if you were to run into a trucking company and says, hey, I can tackle 20 loads a day. Well, you have two trucks. How are you How are you physically going to do that? It's not possible. Exactly. But you'll field that call. You'll make that call. A brand may get bought into that and try to make it work. It's just not. It's like trying to shove a square peg in a round hole, right? It's not meant to be. Right. We want to expose what's meant to be. Because sometimes those solutions providers, just like your small trucking companies, they don't have the brand exposure. They don't have the marketing content collateral to get out to the masses, right? That's why they rely on brokers like you guys, because you do have all that horsepower that can get these smaller carriers up to the surface to these massive enterprises. We are that in the warehousing world. Some of the warehouses mm -hmm. you will never ever Google for. 
that warehouse in Gallatin, Tennessee, you will never ever find it on a Google search. Interesting. So it's, it, it just took the time for 24 months. It's all me and the co-founders did was get on the phones. The same process that any brand would do to find a warehouse, we did it for them. Hmm. Into a nice little marketplace so they don't have to ever do it again. Yeah. And what happens when, um, you know, these warehousing spaces start to fill up and there's only a certain amount of, of space left, but, you know, enough for maybe a, a smaller companies or to meet a smaller company's needs. How often do you, um, I guess, understand what, how that changes, how quickly it changes? Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so right now we kind of use a Zillow effect where it's, if you just listed a house, you rank higher, right? If, if the house has been on the market for over 90 days, we know what buyers tend to do. They won't gravitate towards that house. Mm -hmm. So in our ranking algorithm, in our search algorithm, if you are not interacting in your profile and you haven't touched it in 90 days, then yeah. you're going to be below the guy that has touched it recently and within hours. That's just how it works. We are toying around with some hardware that we could put into our V3 application that will allow us to drop a unit inside the warehouse kind of like LIDAR and facial recognition with your phone. Right. You can capture what the full warehouse looks like, what an empty warehouse looks like, and start giving some assumptions about what's happening with that capacity. Um, we're going to do that, and we're toying around with some temp control, humidity control type components that will be able to monitor 24-7 what the temp and humidity is in that specific facility, as well as being able to gauge the amount of warehouse space that is available or not. That is really, really cool. I'm I'm excited for V3. I can, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting the insider's scoop on on it. So it's really, uh, it is pretty interesting. Can we learn? Can we know when that is launching? Or can you share a bit of that? You don't have no pressure. <laughs> Our, um, my 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 dev team's gonna kill me for this, but we're we're positioned <laughs> to do it mid February. Okay. Um, there's a, a an event coming up called Manifest in February. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with it. We'll be there. Yeah. So we'll be there too. Um, awesome. hopefully releasing. Uh, and giving a better idea of what V3 is going to look like um, okay. at Manifest. So yeah. come to Manifest, come and check it out. You'll get a sneak peek on. It's really just aggregating all the data and insights we have, yeah. right? Putting that to report forms and then showing who the players are within our marketplace. And I use this analogy all the time. My team's going to laugh when I say it. <laughs> but when you bought your Amazon Prime subscription, right? You got it for two things. Fast mm -hmm. free shipping, period. You didn't participate on streaming their music. You didn't participate on watching Thursday night football on Prime, but you did at convenience. Mm. Hoping that our Prime is the marketplace that you see now, right? What, what we're showing you and what you're going to get for free with your same subscription is access to freight, access to drop yards, access to key integrations, MHE, material handling, anything and everything that's tied to the supply chain within our marketplace we want to showcase so that's in the form of partnerships that's in the form of warehouses with integrations all sorts of different things so um it's going to be a very exciting time for us it's a way for us to showcase all the amazing things we do without having to go and build it we'll never be a transfix we'll never be as educated as smart and as savvy as you guys in the transportation space we'll partner with you we'll integrate with you we'll allow our buyers to get into your systems and capacity to see if there's a solution there yeah. Without having to step outside or go to Google, right? Stay inside this nice little ecosystem we've created. And a trusted ecosystem at that, right? Yeah, right.
There's this old school mentality where, um, you know, if, if a business in logistics is too tech forward, then it removes the opportunity to create relationships or sort of deepen them. But I know that that is not pop capacities methodology because you're so people driven. It's, it's all over your website. I think your people speak to it pretty loudly and proudly. Tell me how pop capacity debunks that idea for those old school, you know, mentality there. Technology for us, technology is a way to get you to the right person to have a relationship with, right? right? A large portion of our time is spent in discovery, figuring out if it's the right trucking uh, solutions provider, the right drayage provider, the right warehouse provider. Now mm -hmm. imagine a world where you can digitally experience all that and understand that once you get to the results through whatever it may, whatever marketplace or system you're using, but the results are realistic, real results that are catered to your solution or what you were looking for, right? Um, I feel like that is the use for technology. It's not to replace the people. We'll never replace people. I'll never buy a service from a, someone I don't know in the B2B space, right? You'll always work with people that you enjoy working with, but how do you know you're having a conversation with someone that the right conversation in the beginning? That's right, yeah. I just, it's super important. You know, I just, there's a lot of really bad conversations happening that ultimately end in nothing. You get nothing yeah. out of it other than a conversation you thought was a good one just to find out there's some inner nuances that didn't make it a valid business relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. You, know, you talk a lot about data as well. And I want to touch on that point. Um, you know, what are some of the inefficiencies that you've discovered through pop capacity that you've seen in your career sort of get better or that you've helped, you know, uh, helped improve over the over the last three or so years? I mean, from a systematic standpoint, like there's a, a lot of unsaid inter, uh, connections and integrations that are happen that have happened that aren't being used again. Um, I've got one 3PL here in Atlanta. I went through a big, huge integration with a large bottling company here in Atlanta um, and then never did anything with it. It was a short term, 24 month project, but they had that there. What if I told them that there are 18 other bottling companies that use that same type of ERP system that use that same integration that you paid for? Now you can use it again and get some more ROI other than that one singular project. Um, so there's some grouping there some solutions that i think that are very obvious it's like okay right. how many different integrations we have how we can introduce those to the brands that need them as far as like procuring warehouse space there was there's nothing there's no other way to do it right mm -hmm. the inefficiency is google unfortunately and i know people don't want to hear that google does it all um yeah. but really that was a big gap there um from a selection site process is everybody tends to go towards what's natural like chicago atlanta la what yeah. if I can tell you can move out of a traditional DC market and go into a sub-market like a Columbus, Ohio? It still gives you trucking capacity. It still gives you reach to the market you're trying to get to, but yeah. I can reduce your square footage and storage costs by 20%. I think that makes you think a little bit, right? Yeah. So, and, and it's the old school traditional method site. Right? And they think that all the capacities in Chicago, therefore they'll get a better rate. Market mm -hmm. grown. We've seen a lot of headquarters and production sites go to secondary cities, not necessarily having to be in Atlanta or Chicago, but can go to Greenville or Greer, South Carolina. Yeah. They'll get the same results, just a different geographic location. So there's a lot of inefficiency on the selection side too, which is all data driven, right? It all comes back to the data. Um, where and, 
And the people who are analyzing it, right? And and providing those insights. Because like you said, you could have the data sitting there, but if no one is touching it or or you know, analyzing and figuring out where the inefficiencies are, then it's just data. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's analysis paralysis, is what they yeah. call it, right? It's just we have so much data that we don't know really what to do with it, but it's here. Right. And we're working through that too, right? I think all companies that that get a ton of information, they want to take it all and make it useful. We're yeah. starting small and figuring out what we, what would be beneficial and useful now, and then all the other things that we can add to it as we grow. Slow and steady. It's all about that slow and steady yeah, mentality. Right. <laughs> right. Where do you see the future of pop capacity? Well, right now, so we're we're 126 million square foot as of today in five different countries. Yeah. I would really like to see the majority of all 3PLs being in our free marketplace, right? There's no cost of joining it, right? Um, so get the majority of the North American 3PLs in the marketplace, showcase their facilities and start going global with it. We're in, we're in the UK now, we're in Asia, we're in New Zealand, and that happened just from organic growth. I've always said that if you can read, type and have Wi-Fi, you can interact on our technology anywhere in the world. And I think people took that literally um, so my hope is that we're in every country on every continent and we're showcasing the majority of the 3PO warehouses and their infrastructure tied with them all within one environment. Um, and hopefully accomplish this within the next 24 months. So TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Wow. That is a huge, uh, huge goal. But I can, if it's any, any company that I can see that happening for, it's certainly yours. Matt, before you leave us, any advice that you have for someone who notices a huge inefficiency in the market, especially logistics, and wants to start their own company and their own solution? Do it. There's going to be, there is going to be times that you think that it's not going to work. There's going to be so many different excuses you can make. The timing is not good. I just started a family. I just bought a house. We're in a recession. Do it. And if you have enough passion and drive, and if you truly think it's something that you want to do, not just make a lot of money, but like you truly think you're going to impact and, and make a difference in whatever industry you're in, just do it. Right. I'm I've turned 40 this year. Oh my gosh. It's weird saying that, but I would still, if, if pop capacity were to come up today, even at 40 years old, I would still tell my family, friends and community, I'm going all in, I'm doing it. And it's because there was a purpose behind it. Wow. I tell everybody I'm go out and make a lot of money. I can do that. I, I, I figure out how to make money. Yeah. Like, I don't, without having this passion and desire, I don't know if we'd have made it through, hmm. right? So it's like, just take it all, go do it, right? Know that there's gonna be obstacles and challenges, um, but there's obstacles and challenges in a nine to five. Very true, yeah. Thank you so much for today's inspired conversation. I love talking to you selfishly. I'd love for this to go on for much further, but I am gonna make sure that we stay in contact with pop capacity. And also, if you have warehousing that you'd like to add to this free platform, you can go to popcapacity.com. And yeah. I will also drop the link in the description of the show. Matt, thank you so much. I know you've got lots of things to do. So I will let you go. But really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Transfix Inc. or any parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the participants are affiliated and may have been previously disseminated by them. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based upon information considered reliable, but neither Transfix Inc. nor its affiliates nor the companies with which the participants are affiliated warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. All views and opinions are subject to change.